0: Isaiah chapter number forty six tonight. Isaiah chapter number forty six. Verse number one it says, Baal boweth down. Nebo stoopeth. Their idols were upon the beast, and upon the cattle, your carriages were heavy loaden, and they are a burden to a weary beast. What about that? The false gods didn't help them. Made things worse, made things heavier. Number two, they stoop, they bow down together. They could not deliver the burden, but themselves are gone into captivity. I challenge you, if you ever talk to somebody who is of a false religion, look them in their eye and say, do you have real peace? Do you have real joy? Do you have real happiness? You can't find that anywhere besides Christ can't find that anywhere besides God. But notice here, he said, they stooped down, they bowed down together. They could not deliver the burden, but themselves are gone into captivity. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, in the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me from the belly, which are carried from the womb. How many are glad for a birth? <laughs> Amen. And even to your old age, I'm he. And even to the ore hairs of your, well, I carry you until you get gray-headed. Something about getting older and pastoring and being a dad. Them things are popping up out of everywhere. I kid you not, I was getting my hair cut not too long ago, and I was sitting down in the chair, and the lady was cutting my hair, she said, son, how old are you? I said, I'm 32. She said, oh. <laughs> now, I'm typically not used to that. I finally feel old one time in my life. But even to your old age, I am heed, even to the old heirs will I carry you. I may, I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. To whom will you liken me and make me equal and compare me that we may be like? They lavish gold out of the bag and weigh silver in the balance and hire a goldsmith and he maketh the God. They fall down, yea, they worship. They bear him upon the shoulder, they carry him, they set him in his place, and he standeth. And from his place shall he not remove. Yea, one shall cry unto him, yet he cannot answer, nor save him out of his trouble. Remember this, and show yourselves, men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God. And there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you Lord for Sunday night service. Thank you Lord for the testimonies of the saints. Lord, no doubt you've encouraged them throughout the week. God, you've sown yourself faithful to them throughout the week, Lord, and their simple testimony sure has been a blessing to me tonight. And I ask you, Lord, this evening that you'd meet with us. God, take your word and, Lord, make it alive to us. Lord, help it to hop on pages into our hearts tonight. Help us, Lord, to realize we have so much to worship you for. We have so much to praise you for. Lord, we ask you, Lord, this evening that you'd help us to walk out here different the way we walked in tonight. Lord, show yourself faithful. Lord, like we know that you will and that you can. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And amen, here is God. He's speaking to the nation of Israel through the prophet of Isaiah and he brings up this comparison. He brings up these false gods. He brings up these graven images And he makes a contrast between him and these gods. And can I say tonight, I don't think I have anybody that disagrees with me here tonight, there's nobody that compares to the God of the Bible. There's nobody that compares to the God of heaven. There's nobody even close to the Lord tonight. Yet we see here these contrasts, this comparison that is made between the two. And we've been on this idea of worshiping the Lord. And we could stop tonight, we could worship the Lord, one, for who he is, how many glad tonight there's nobody like God? That there's none that are equal, there's none that compare, there's no one even close to God. I'm glad tonight that I'm not out searching trying to find the right God. There is only one true living God and it's the God of the Bible tonight. We can worship him for who he is. He's above all. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. There's nobody that comes close to him tonight and that ought to be enough for me and you to worship him. Oh, we can worship him for who he is, but we could also worship him for what he did i many glad tonight that God wrote himself in flesh, came to this earth and died for our sins tonight. There's no other God that did that. We could stop tonight and, and we could just worship God for what he did for us on the cross of Calvary, but I'm glad this story don't end at Calvary. Oh, yes, there was a great debt paid at Calvary, but thanks be to God, three days later, he didn't, he didn't ask for no help, he didn't take nobody's poll, he didn't ask for an opinion. On the third day, he rose up again said, I'm greater than death, I'm greater than death than hell give me the keys those are mine but we could worship him one for who he is we could worship him for what he did but how many of us and I could worship him on a more personal level because of what he's did for us and what he's done for us (laughs) brother Jacob that simple provision of a meal at work don't ever let it get small to you it's a small thing in the scope of big life but it's not a small thing that God cares for you. It's not a small thing that God, who owns it all and controls it all and makes sure that everything is exactly where it's supposed to be, said, oh yeah, I got a child, he's hungry. I've got a, I've got a child that have a great need and I'm able to provide that for him. But well, we could worship him in and out for what he's done. For me. I'm glad that he saved me. Can I say tonight, I didn't earn my salvation. I I didn't do anything to make it possible. I didn't go to God and impress him with anything. I brought absolutely nothing to the table, but he brought everything to the table and said, if you'll just take it, you can have it. It's all yours. I'm glad tonight to be saved by the grace of God, and I ought to worship him for what he's done in my life. If your salvation has got old, if your salvation has become something that is not important no more, something's wrong, you need to get it right. It ought to be a source of worship. I enjoyed the testimonies tonight. The majority of started off like this. Thank God for what? My salvation. My salvation. Can I say tonight? Because if he provided the lunch and he provided the means and he took care of the the refrigerator but there was no salvation involved, we're missing it tonight. But thankfully, I can worship him for what he's done. I can worship him for who he is. I can worship him for what he's done in in, in the big scheme of things. But here's something we can learn from Isaiah 46 tonight. Y'all ready for it? We can worship him for what we don't have to do. We can worship him for what we don't have to do. Well, what do you mean by that, preacher? What do you mean that we can worship him for what we don't have to do? We see some stark differences here and shows us because of who our God is and what he's capable of, there's some things that you and I don't have to do that the idol worshiper or the the false god worshiper must do in order for their God to be established. We see here tonight, and we ought to worship him because we don't have to do these things for him. Notice number one, I don't have to bear God. Look at verse number seven. They bear him upon Their shoulder. Aren't you glad tonight that we serve a God that said, cast all your cares upon me, for I careth for you. He can bear every burden. He's got the strength to carry it all. There's nothing that will break the load on God's back tonight, so to speak. I'm glad tonight that it is not me bearing God, but it is God bearing me tonight, because if I had to carry God around everywhere, he would not be much of a God tonight, because I have a limit. I cannot do everything. I'm not capable of everything, but I'm glad tonight he carries me, he bears us tonight. Well, I remember back in the 90s, I say like that, was 30 years ago. Back in the 90s, there was that poem that came out and for a while, it was everywhere. I'm talking about every public restroom, every doctor's office, anywhere you went, there was that footprint in the sand. And uh, we were somewhere not too long ago and we seen a copy of it. I thought, man, I ain't seen that poem in years. Talks about that man who is talking with God and he says, I look back and I only see one pair of footsteps and God says, that's where I carried you. Aren't you glad tonight that we can't bear it? God can. Let me ask you tonight, what are you carrying that you're not supposed to carry tonight? What are you bearing that you're not supposed to bear tonight? You ought to cast it on the Lord tonight. I've kind of merged my first two points. Number one was I don't have to bear him. Number two was I don't have to carry him. I don't have to carry him. They carry him. They carry him. Everywhere they go, they got to carry him. Everywhere they go, they got to make sure they got him. Could you imagine how miserable that must be? Because what if you forget to bring him with you? What if you forget to stick him in the pocket? What if you forget to carry him where you are? And all of a sudden, you've got him something that you can't get out of, and you can't do anything because you left God. You left your God somewhere. Now tonight, we look at this. We we understand in biblical sense that they would literally make an image. They would take time and they would hire somebody, what the Bible tells us, to craft an image. And they would bow down before, much like the Hindus and the Buddhists do today, they bow down to those temples and those statues of Buddha. And we think to ourselves, I would never do that. But if we're not careful tonight, we will make our own God's. We will make our own gods. And it may not be a, a, a golden statue at a Chinese restaurant, but it might be money. It might be popularity. It might be uh, 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 getting to around certain people and being accepted into a certain crowd. And we'll chase it, and we'll chase it, and we'll chase it. And we'll, it'll allow us to carry ourselves away to where we're not supposed to be. Can I say tonight, I can worship God because I don't have to carry him. He he doesn't need me and you tonight. He's God all by himself. He doesn't need me and you to carry him everywhere. He doesn't need us in that sense, but thankfully, he does want us tonight. He does love us. He does care for us, and he, I don't have to carry him, but thanks be to God, he'll carry me. I don't have to bear him. I don't have to carry him. Alex, you're doing pretty good listening, bud. We're halfway there. Number three, I don't have to set them up. I don't have to set them look at verse number seven, and they set him in his place. Could you imagine that tonight? They've got a special place. Now this one I can identify with. this one I, I have some recollection, recollection in my past. See, I grew up Catholic. Every service, they would bring that bread and that wine, those chips and the wine, and they would bring it to the priest, and he would put his hands over it. And he had a special magical power to turn bread and wine into the body and the blood of, the Je- of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing I never understood as a young kid is why doesn't it taste like flesh? I've had crispy chicken flesh. And that's not what that tastes like. That tastes like a cracker. That tastes like wine. But in the Catholic faith, they teach you and tell you that is the literal body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is his skin, that is his blood. And when you partake of it, you are taking in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And they would take what was left over and there was a little, there was a little place on the platform. And they would open up a door and they'd bow down before it and they would stick that inside of there and they'd shut the door while all the deacons drank the rest of the wine. <laughs> There was one. He loved it, man. <laughs> I'll get your cup. Bring your cup over here. But then throughout the week, to them, that was where Jesus was. And so they would come in during the week, and they would come, and they'd bow down, and they'd pray to the Lord. And there was a whole service where they would take, the, take the big cracker, and they would put it in this big golden cross, and they'd raise it up, and everybody would bow down before it, and they'd pray as if they were praying to God. I'm glad to deny that my God doesn't need me to set him up. He's God all by himself. He don't need, he don't need a special place. He don't need me to, in essence, to, to make him known and, or to make him uh, who he is. He is already God by himself. He sets above all. He's established himself. And the truth of the matter is, I thank God that he set me up. He established my goings, he plucked me out of the miry clay, stood my feet on the solid rock, and now I can stand on something that is real. I don't have to set him up. He establishes me. The Bible says rather right he set him in his place, and he standeth. But notice this: from his place he shall not remove. He shall not remove. In essence. You put him there, and that's where he stays. He can't move from there because he's not alive. That false God's not real. you got to put him right here. That image isn't real. you got to put him right there, and that's where he, he stays. Oh, he's standing, but he ain't moving. Think about it this way tonight. God sits on high. He's established. He's ruling over all of it. How many you glad he'll move on your behalf? He'll come to where you are. (laughs) Preacher explaining that, I I, I can't fully explain it, but I just know that he does. I know that he comes to where you and I are and he sits with us and he fellowships with us and he makes his presence known and he he, he allows us to fellowship with him and and just to sit in his presence tonight. What a blessing that is because there's a whole bunch of people, the God that they serve, is standing there but he can't move. He can't move. They got family problems. He's standing there, but he can't fix them. They've got marital problems. He's standing there, but they can't fix them. They've got issues that they can't solve. They're greater than him, but their God can't help them. Boy, I'm glad tonight that all it takes is me and you bending our hearts and bending our knees and saying, Lord, I need help. Can I say tonight, God in his righteousness could have looked at Peter and said, if you'd have kept your eyes on me, you could have kept walking on water. He could have looked at him and said, it's your fault, Peter. There's no, you're going down. You know better than this. But all Peter did was cry, Lord, save me. And what's the next thing? God reaches down and picks him up and pulls him into the boat. Well, I'm glad tonight that I don't have to set him up. He's already established. I ought to worship him tonight because he's already established. I don't have to bear him. He bears me. I don't have to carry him. He carries me. I don't have to set him up. He sets me up. Notice number four tonight. I don't have to maintain him. I don't have to maintain him. Look at verse number seven. First place he shall not remove, yea, one shall cry unto him, yet he cannot answer, nor save him out of his trouble. Remember this and show yourselves. Men, bring it again to my mind, O ye transgressors, we see here tonight that he, I don't have to maintain God. God is already God, and God's always going to be God, and God will forever be God. He's God right now. He's not changing. He's not saying, well, is there anybody else that wants to take it? No, God is God tonight, and he, he doesn't need me and you to maintain him. He doesn't need me and you to tell him how to do things. He doesn't need me and you uh, giving him suggestions, and, and Lord, have, have you thought about this? Yes, he has. He's all knowing. He knows all the thoughts of man and he knows the inward thoughts of man's hearts. He knows all that. He doesn't need me and you to maintain him. It's kind of like your front yard. It needs to be maintained because if you don't, it gets unruly. Things will start growing in places you don't want them to grow and you'll go through and you'll maintain it. You'll cut it back and if you don't keep up with it, it gets out of hand. And I said, I'm glad that God doesn't require our maintenance. We're not up there making sure everything's all right, Lord. Are you okay? Lord, is there, is there somewhere that's, that, that, that needs to be fixed with you? You don't have to go, have to go and inspect the Lord because you're not going to find anything wrong with them. That's why Pilate struggled so hard when the Lord was in front of him because he knew he was, uh, uh, he wasn't not an, uh, he was an honest man, but he knew he wasn't a guilty man. He knew there was some, he was an innocent man. Pilate couldn't figure out how and why the Jews were sending this man to die. And I said, I'm glad I don't have to maintain him. I don't have to, I don't have to try to make sure God is okay, but I sure am glad he maintains me. I'm sure I'm glad he's a master gardener. He knows when to prune. He knows when to prune. He knows when to get back. He knows when to apply the balm. He knows when to push you out the nest so to speak to give you that extra bump that encouragement he knows when to hold you he knows when to help you he knows what you need when you need it he knows how to maintain us but he does not require maintenance I could see them they've the Bible tells us that they've paid an awful good price for their image he's gold and silver But I do know this, when left to itself, those things begin to tarnish. (laughs) They they lose their luster, they lose their appeal. And I could see them, the Bible says they're tired, they're burdened down, they're weary. They look up and they realize their God's got problems. Their God's got issues. And so now instead of being relieved of the burden, now they are trying to fix the burden of their God. They're over there trying to shine them up, making them look good. And I say tonight, thank God, I don't have to maintain him. Me and you tonight can worship God for the things we don't have to do. I don't have to bear him up. I don't have to carry God. I don't have to set him up. I don't have to maintain him. But thankfully, he does all those things for us tonight. Well, we can worship him tonight, one, for who he is. We can worship him for what he did. We can worship him what he's done for us in a personal way. But tonight, we can worship him because of what we don't have to do. Because if we had to do those things for him, he would not be the true and living God. But because we don't have to, we know tonight that's who he is. We don't have to take care of him. We don't have to maintain him. We don't have to carry him. But thankfully, he does all those things for us. I just want to encourage you tonight that you can worship him for the things you don't have to do and for the things you don't have to do for him tonight. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord.